Greetings fellow tech seekers, Sean from Silicon Theory here. Here's what was new and interesting from Google, Apple, and everyone else for the week ending May 26, 2018. This is ST Weekly. So if you're a technology user or just alive in 2018, you've probably received several notices from subscription services or other apps indicating that uh, they've updated their terms of service regarding privacy. And this is a result of a European privacy law called the GDPR, which stands for the General Data Protection Regulation. And it came into effect uh, yesterday as you're hearing this. And a lot of people have been worried about what this might do to large tech companies when they had to comply with these new rules and this particular regulation. And one of the things that has immediately happened as a result of this is uh, Google, amongst others, including Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp, uh, WhatsApp, excuse me, have had uh, lawsuits filed against them saying that they are violating provisions of the GDPR. Now, uh, this report coming from 9to5Google indicates that it may or may, bo- may not be scurious, but the real point of this is that privacy regulation is a new concept, not necessarily for us as people or as individuals, but for tech companies at large. And what I mean by that is people really haven't had uh, an opportunity or been forced to have an opportunity to think about how their data is being used and their privacy is being abused. We've talked about this on previous episodes, but the Facebook and Cambridge Analytica scandal really brought the misuse of people's data front and center. And because of that, things like the GDP are going to be used as a way to influence tech companies to protect people's data and to potentially change how they behave in certain situations. Now for Google, their business is based solely on ad revenue and the second story is about that as well. But their business model is based entirely around taking that data, using that data for good in most instances. Now, whether or not this lawsuit proceeds and moves forward, we'll see what the potential impact of that is. But just the fact that on the day of the GDPR's official taking effect, uh, the fact that a lawsuit was immediately filed against Google indicates that there's something else going on here and that remains to be seen. In addition to that, uh, there was a report from Droid Life which indicates that Google is experimenting and potentially making permanent ads showing up in the Google feed. Now, if you're not familiar with the Google feed, I wouldn't blame you because it's changed form, shape, and function several times over the last few years. But in essence, if you're a Pixel owner or if you use the Google Launcher, if you were to swipe left from the main home screen, you were to be presented with a feed of news topics that the Google Assistant and the Google algorithm think would be of interest to you. Sometimes are better than others, and it's mostly just kind of a streaming news ticker a la the Twitter feed or Facebook feed or any of the other feeds that you might subscribe to, but it's done Google's way. Now, the fact that it has ads inserted into it definitely makes it look and feel a lot more like the Facebook and Twitter feeds where sponsored tweets and sponsored posts are basically shoved in your face front and center almost to the exclusion of everything else. But the fact that Google is experimenting it with this in their news feed is a bit of a disappointment considering where the Google feed really came from. The Google Assistant's kind of Google Now page really once was helpful and useful in its ability to kind of predict what it was that you wanted in terms of information and activity and then serving serving it to you before you actually asked for it. There was a point in time when you would get notifications of 
upcoming calendar events or upcoming trips or travel times that you had to uh, depart for. So the Google Now Assistant would tell you, hey, you need to leave for your dentist appointment. It's in a half an hour and it's going to take you, according to uh, Google Maps, about 35 minutes to get there. So you should leave five minutes early. This was really useful functionality, which has subsequently been stripped out of the Google Now page and has been converted into pretty much a news feed just like any other. And much like any other news feed, I'm going to find it significantly easier to ignore now that ads have been attached to it. Apple Report. This is actually a pretty interesting week for Apple. There was tons of news, not the least of which is that, of course, Apple's developer conference, WWDC, is going to start on June 4th. So very soon we're going to start getting some information on what we can expect to see from pretty much everything that ends with an OS in its name. So that would include iOS, watchOS, tvOS, and of course, macOS. And speaking of macOS and the Mac lines in general, a report from 9to5Mac indicates that some of the MacBook Pro shipping dates are moving back to June 6th, and they're taking this as a hint that potentially the MacBook Pro, specifically the 13-inch version right now with no touch bar, has its shipping date moved back. Could be due for a refresh. Now, uh, of course, we got the MacBook Pro refresh in 2016, and we got the re refresh in of the MacBook Pro in 2017, but as you may or may not have heard, there have been some significant concerns about the butterfly keys in both of those uh, versions of the MacBook Pro. And so because of that, we may also see some upgrades to that as well as potentially some ingrades, upgrades to the processor. Uh, Intel citing, the report is citing that Intel has released their new six core i9 chipset that could be used in the 15-inch MacBook Pro, and there's also a rumor that the 13-inch MacBook Pro could potentially get a quad-core processor as well instead of the dual-core one that it's currently using. So those would all be welcome changes to the MacBook Pro line. Um, as you may or may not know, we use an older MacBook Pro to generate all of our content, both video and audio, and the dual-core processor is terrific, but the quad-core processor would definitely be an upgrade, and so we'd absolutely be excited about that. Less excited for the USB-C life and dongle life that we'd have to uh, be a part of, but, you know, sometimes these things uh, happen and sacrifices need to be made. So, in other Apple-related news, we have a very, very interesting report that Apple's going to be getting even more money than it already has, but not necessarily from anything that it actually sold. So Apple has received a ruling from a jury in a patent battle against Samsung, and that jury awarded them $539 million in damages. And quite honestly, for Apple, this is kind of like a drop in the bucket. They're a billion dollar company approaching a trillion dollars. So $539 million doesn't seem like a ton of money to them. Of course, it would be a ton of money for you and I, but the fact that they won their patent battle against Samsung is probably just another feather in their caps and something that they may in fact crow about as we head into WWDC in a week or two. Everyone else report. Phones, phones everywhere. As I mentioned in one of our Anchor podcasts earlier this week, which you should totally check out if you love our audio content, but I mentioned that the title of the episode was going to be Embarrassment of Riches, and that really was just kind of an uh, acknowledgement that we've got a lot of really great phones that have come out recently. So if you are interested, you can definitely check that out. But one interesting phone which won't be coming out is the Essential PH2 as their follow-up to the PH1, because as Bloomberg has reported, Essential has already canceled their plans for the second phone and reportedly has put their entire business line up for sale. 
Their first phone did not sell very well. The latest report that I saw on Bloomberg sites that they may have sold somewhere in the neighborhood of 150,000 total phones since their initial launch. And even though the phone itself was physically very striking and extremely well made, the software performance and camera failures really kind of did it in. Now, the fact that Essential and Andy Rubin in particular didn't particularly plan very well for this eventuality seems kind of absurd. I mean, even the reports of OnePlus cited that they were really looking at a three-year expectancy where they knew they were going to kind of crap out on their first two phones and the third one hopefully would be one where they got it right and that kind of actually ended up coming true, but they pretty much, the folks over at Essential pretty much should have seen that their first phone was going to be a loss leader and that they weren't going to take make a ton of money, especially producing it at a $699 price point to launch. I mean, you're in comp competition with the big dogs in that price range and no one is going to buy an unheard of smartphone uh, when they could get something from Samsung or Google or LG or HTC or any other well-known brand. Uh, or even OnePlus for that matter, um, and basically the price of the phone probably should have been lower to begin with. Now, it is sad, less competition is bad for consumers, and we're really sad to see Essential Co. because I think, by and large, the vast majority of the tech community was really looking forward to the follow-up. But as I mentioned, LG has a new phone, OnePlus has launched a new phone, and reviews for both of those are starting to hit the internets right now. You can actually also find our review of the LG G7 ThinQ up on our YouTube channel. There's a link in the show notes down below if you want to see that. We have a OnePlus 6 in-house and our review of that phone will be coming out soon. And we also just dropped our review of the Galaxy S9 Plus as well. Sean P makes his triumphant return to the front of the camera and talks a lot about what he likes, what he didn't like, and compares the Galaxy S9 Plus to his Note 8, which is, as he mentions in the video his favorite because he is a Samsung fanboy so definitely head down to the links in the description check all of those out and that wraps it up for this week thanks again for listening and remember as always you can find all of our content over at silicontheory.com you can follow us on social we are at silicon theory on Facebook Instagram and Twitter and again check out the link in the description for our YouTube channel we can check out all of our video reviews and other thoughts as well thank you again for listening and remember as always we will talk tech soon